fellow friend, and welcome to the Chronically Well podcast. I have not put an episode out for quite a while. I'm sorry, Um, but I'm also not sorry because I have been, you know, keeping up with crazy life. And um, this year in the school districts, it's been a lot. And so I have come home every day completely drained. And I just don't have any um, creative anything left or energy for that matter to put forward. Um, But I'm finally finding that time and creating that space, which is what I wanted to talk to you about today Um, was just the idea, the literal idea of space and the figurative idea of space and how that has helped always when I need to move forward. Um, so yesterday, like I said, I've been slammed at work and my house has definitely been showing evidence of my preoccupation in other places. And, um, I was just getting annoyed. I was getting annoyed with stuff everywhere and sticky things on the floor. Like, you know, when you're walking in the kitchen and, like your sock sticks to the floor behind you, but you go back to try and clean it and you cannot find it because really, well, the whole floor is disgusting. (laughs) Anyway, it had been long overdue for a thorough cleaning, not just a pick up and a put away, but a, okay, these things have been sitting here for a year and no one has touched them. So what are we going to do? And then actually like cleaning the floors with a bucket and a sponge and, um, it felt great, but as I was cleaning, uh, I came across these spaces in my home, um, spaces that have represented something in the last few years, um, spaces that have like actually held more than just a physical space for me, but an emotional, spiritual, whatever you want to call it, kind of space. Um So I'm going to talk through them, and then I'm going to talk through some other spaces. Um, And all of this is sort of for, so if you're listening today, um, really I think it can apply to any human dealing with um, any circumstance. But this is going to be particularly meaningful to you if you are in a space, (laughs) a figurative space right now, and you're unsure of how to move forward or you feel stuck or you're scared or you feel alone. Um, If you're trying to figure out um, whether to stay in a marriage or not, in a relationship or not, if you are wanting to heal from something. And I think that's really what it is. If you want to heal, if you want to, if you know you're not satisfied with where you're at in life and you know you have one life and you want to make it better, you have to create some space to get there. Um, So I'm just going to go through the examples and then hopefully I'll get to my point. I'm totally winging all of this just because I, I was sitting here this morning and I had time and I was like, okay, I need to create space to talk to all of you because I made that I made that I made this right like I made this place for all of you for me this place to talk about chronic illness and mental health and wellness and now I think you've all probably noticed that I've 
really leaned in heavily towards talking about leaving um, marriages and living as a single mom. And um, all of it really, though, is just living well, right? Living chronically well. So anyway, here I am um, cleaning the house. And I went down. So I don't know about you, but when I clean... I don't just like I'm not very structured about it. Like I start out in one room and then there are things that need to be put away in that room. So I'm very ADHD when I clean. So then I'm like, okay, I gotta go put this away down here. And then when I'm done there, then I see things that I have to clean there. So I'm like a little squirrel. I'm a squirrel cleaner. And so I brought something from up in my family room down to the basement and my basement, um, was a disaster. I was able to pick some things up. And um, when I went down there, there's this space (laughs) that I created probably about three years ago. And um, it's really gross in my basement. Like, it's not a good basement. But I needed a space all my own. I needed a place that I could retreat to. So this was back when I was still married. Um, Kids were here all the time. They were little and amazing, but little. And you know how that is when they're little. Um, It's hard to find a place that's yours, that there aren't toys all over or spit up on or, you know, just something that's like a holy spot, right? Um, Also, I was not in a healthy relationship. Um, Again, I do try to be very careful out of respect for everyone else in the situation about all the details that I share about that. But there was definitely um, very unhealthy patterns of behavior that were occurring in my relationship, things that made me feel um, very unworthy, made me feel very um, like I I was never fully... um, Sorry, I just have to process this. Sorry that I'm doing it on my podcast. But um, things that just made me feel that I was never going to be enough to make the marriage work, to make this person happy. Um, Feelings of walking on eggshells quite a bit. And um, I needed a place that I could go where I felt completely safe, where I didn't feel like there was something I could do or say that would upset someone somewhere I could go where I felt okay. (laughs) And so I created in all of the places of my house in my dingy, disgusting basement with probably mold and spiders crawling along the ceiling. Um, There was an old turtle shell down there. I don't know if the turtle died down there (laughs) Or somebody just thought it was cool a long time ago, but there's a turtle shell. Um, I found this little corner, and um, I had, well, my ex-husband had this um, wood countertop that he had gotten from someone, and so um, I ha- he actually did help me, so thank you. That was nice. Um, he helped me put it up onto, like, these little wood, I don't know what they're called. Someone's going to hear this and laugh at me, but they're the, they're the wood easily things that hold things up. I don't know. Horse, a horse, a wood horse. I don't know. Anyway, those were set up and then the wood counter thing was put on top of it. Um, I put up a blanket on the wall. I put up quotes. I put up some crates. I found some books. And then I put all of these blankets around on this wire around the outside of it. 
And that became my holy space. Um, I would go down there in the morning uh, before everybody was awake and I would read about chronic illness and I would read about creativity and all of the things that I talk about on the podcast. Um, I would go down and write. Um, and, oh, this is a hard one. I would go down there and escape. Um, it was a retreat for me. It was a place I could go and write about what was happening. And it was this white space almost. It was a safe zone, but it was also this place where I've read before that until you um, create white space, you don't have anywhere to build. You don't have anywhere to move forward or to understand what's to do next, right? Like if you're so full of all of the things in your life and it's all overcrowding you and you just don't know how to move forward, the first thing you have to do is create some white space for yourself. You have to create a zone where it's safe to be completely honest and completely you. And I don't know what that is for you. For me, it was a weird spot in my basement where I could write and get away from everyone and everything. But for you, it could be something different. And I really do think that there is something to creating a physical space to allow yourself to have that figurative space. As I wrote, as I found that I would rather be in the basement than in a warm living room with my ex, I realized I was not living the life that I wanted to live. Now, it wasn't just this space. There were lots of other things. Um, but it gave me an opportunity to feel like I had this place that was all my own. I had these ideas and these feelings that were all my own. They weren't contingent on what my spouse told me I could feel or do or think. Um, it was almost like that was the foundation. And oddly enough, it was in the foundation of my house. That was the foundation of my becoming. That was the foundation of me finally giving myself permission to be myself and not what someone else told me I could be. Whoa, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that until I started saying it right now, but that's what it was. And it gave me confidence because as I wrote, um, some people started seeing what I wrote, people that I don't even talk to anymore. And, but like that gave me the confidence to say, you're really good at this. This is something that you should do. And I'm so thankful for that because in that's, where all of this started to grow was that dingy spot in my basement. Um, so that was the first space. Um, the next space I want to talk about, so okay, first space, creating, creating that white space, creating that place that is all your own. No one else's. Physical. Figurative. The next space I want to talk about is creating a space or finding a space, a place that holds you. Um, when you're going through something difficult, 
or if you are experiencing trauma of any sort. Our body goes into, and you've all heard this a bazillion times, but I'm going to say it again for maybe the one person who hasn't heard it. Um, your body goes into fight, flight, or freeze. What that means, it's, a, it's like a primitive, it's a primitive reaction um, to threat or danger. We don't understand what we're thinking or why we do this because it's just automatic. It's what our nervous system does. It's um, the nervous system gets dysregulated, right? So if we're walking through the day and everything is good, our, we're able to regulate our emotions. We're regu- able to regulate our nervous system. But then if there is a deep threat, now this is typically physical, but what's interesting is people have completely disregarded until lately the, the, the response of the, um, and, and the trauma that actually incurs from just emotional threats. Um, and for those of us that are very sensitive to those types of things, it can, it can, it can be more damaging um, than physical. So if you're listening to this and you think, well, I'm not going through any sort of physical trauma, you know, I'm doing fine financially, everything's okay, there's still a possibility that you are experiencing emotional trauma and that's nothing to just write off. Anyway, I went on a tangent, but um, fight, f- fight, flight, or freeze happens because it's our body responding to a threat and... Um, you know, if we go back into evolutionary psychology, what they would say is that our, you know, our caveman selves would see a threat, uh, the dinosaurs coming at us. I don't think we ever, I don't know, just don't science check me here, but, um, and we have to respond because if we, if, because we're going to die, right? So we, (laughs) some people run, Okay, so we, we have to get away. We have to get away. We have to run. Um, that's fl- f- flight, okay? Or we um, fight. We fight whatever is coming at us because we are badasses and we can win. That's not what I would do. I would freak out. Um, or we freeze. Um, so that's when the nervous system just completely shuts down. There's no way for us to react in any way. That, those are the ones who die. That would be me. Um, so what happens when we're going through a, you know, depression or we're going through a big life change, let's say divorce, let's say contemplating divorce, let's say just a really terrible argument with our partner, um, or in the case of chronic illness, um, when you're in pain, you're continually trying to get out of that, right? Like, and, and, and there's this fear that's wrapped up in it because you feel this pain and you want to fix it and you can't and it throws you. I was in probably a state of fight or flight for a year and a half until I was able to find a way to get past that and into the parasympathetic nervous system and allow myself to heal. I didn't. And so that's another thing I talk about in another episode. So I won't belabor the point here, but when you're going through something, difficult, whether it's a prolonged event or it's, you know, something that just popped up and you got in a fight, whatever it may be, you need to find things that will hold you. Um, We all want it to be people, right? Like 
And I think that's the hardest part about divorce is you want to be held by the person that you love the most, but as you realize um, that they maybe are not the right person for you, that they are not treating you the way that you deserve and that you're not living the life that you want. You just want to be held by them, but you realize it's not safe. (laughs) And so then you find yourself in this place of... um, it's lonely. And um, for me, I couldn't tell a lot of friends and family because I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was afraid. And I had been told that if I did tell that, um, I probably shouldn't tell details. But there, there were good reasons for why I didn't talk to friends and family about what was going on. And when, if any of you are listening to this, please, this is not intended to make any of you feel bad. This was all everything that I allowed. So, um, yeah. So I also think it's important that even if you have people to hold you, a friend, a family member, your spouse, your partner, um, I think it's important to know and to find things that hold you apart from them. Because the truth of the matter is, as much as we want to deny it, those people won't always be there. And maybe that's a super negative thought on my part. But even if they have every intention to be there, people die. Um, Or maybe, you know, if I've learned anything in all of my years, people drift apart. People decide they want different things. Um, So if you're completely content or if you're completely dependent on someone else holding you when you are in those states where you need to be held, that fight or flight when you are sad or you're processing something, you're going to be disappointed and you're going to find yourself lost. Um, But it's okay because I'm going to give you some tips (laughs) um, for where to go. I had no idea, by the way, what I was doing Um, when I started healing from my illness, though, I realized that when I was purposely giving myself time um, and care and finding ways to be held, um, that was when I started healing. And so I kind of started to employ those same methods when I was contemplating leaving my husband. I, so, okay, the second space in my house yesterday as I was cleaning um, is this little spot in my kitchen. Um, it's a corner. It's a literal, it's a, it's a crying corner. Um, <laughs> it's between my oven and another cabinet. It's just a spot where um, I remember one day there was like a postcard that came in the mail and it was for some woman's conference and it said, you are enough. And just simply reading that just made me crumple. And I went into that corner and cried. And since then, um, it's sort of been my go-to because I don't know if it's because the corner makes me feel like I'm being held um, or if it just is a place I can sink into. Um, 
But when things become too much, crying is actually a really good way to process your emotions. Um, Sometimes when people are going through such trauma, um, it's hard to even cry. So if you're to the point where you are crying, consider that a step forward in your healing. Um, and don't don't come down on yourself for experiencing what is a natural needed healing emotion. Um, so that spot was um, really important in the last few years, and it and it continues to be. It's a space that um, allows me to feel, and um, it's private, and I don't need to be held by anyone. In those moments, I'm being held by myself and I'm being held by um, what I call the universe, the greater than. And there are times when I sit there and I just say, I trust that I don't have full control and I'm just going to continue moving forward. Um, Another, this is not a spot in my house, but... If you're wondering, how do I find these ways to be held? How do I find these coping strategies, these ways to soothe as I'm going through? Like, Because there's this feeling when you are going through trauma like that or when you're contemplating leaving someone that you've devoted your life to um, or when you're so distraught with a diagnosis, you just feel flat, like... You, this the, the depression, right? Like just so heavy down to the floor that you just feel like you can't move. So you do need things that hold you. So, okay, some my other ideas for you, um, other spaces that hold you. Um, music. Now, me, this is definitely not true for everyone, but it has always been true for me. Um, there are even certain songs that when I play, I feel like I'm held. <laughs> I feel like I'm not so alone. I feel like I have this pause, this space, this safety and love in this moment that I'm providing for myself. Um, so find some music. Um, sometimes the best thing for me is to go for a drive with that music Go for a hike outside. Um, nature is the other place that holds me. It's what they call our first home. Um, before we had these spaces inside of our homes, we had our spaces outside in nature. These are spaces that we were made, evolved into, and they're there for us and they're there to hold us always. But particularly, I don't know if you've ever gone out on a hike and had a good cry or you just had something really terrible happen and you're reeling and you just step outside into nature and you see the, the grass blowing next to you. You can hear it. You hear the birds You can feel the breeze on your face and it just feels like you're being held. Um, That's another space um, where you can be held. And I guess the final place I would say for that has been helpful for me um, is 
truly, this sounds silly, but like a weighted blanket and tea and just anything that feel makes you can help you feel calm and safe and loved. Um, find those spaces. Some of the best advice that I got, I went in and I talked to the best therapist ever as I was trying to decide what to do um, before I left my husband. And I said, I remember I sat down and um, I said, okay, I know that there's something, I know what's bad and I, I know I'm in a really unhealthy situation, but I don't know what to do. Do I leave him? Like I've got three kids. Um, and she said, you need to continue to work on you, to build into you, and eventually you'll know what you need to do. And I thought that was brilliant advice. At the time, I just wanted her to tell me what to do. <laughs> so I was a little frustrated by it, but as the time went on, as I created those spaces, spaces just for me, space to write, space to think, space to be held, space to that was completely mine and um, not dependent on the acceptance of someone else, um, removed from rejection because that happened quite a bit in my relationship. When you can remove yourself from your approval and your decisions being based solely on what other people tell you, and you can create that space to build into you to actually start to really love this person who has been a little bit um, forgotten. You know, even just as a mom, even if you're in a healthy relationship, you can forget yourself as you take care of your children. And it's, it's lovely and it's beautiful that we can do, that we actually do that because we care so deeply. There should be no sense of guilt um, if you've found yourself in a place where you don't have space because um, it, just, it just goes to show that you are the kind of person that loves so very deeply that you would give up your own wellness and joy to love these other people, to take care of these other people, to be sure that you are the person to these other people that they want you to be, but you will find that if that is all you are doing, you will get to a point of burnout and to a point where you simply just don't even know who you are anymore. And that's not helpful for those people around you. If they really love you, they're there because of who you are. And if you lose that, you're going to be less of a help to them not being yourself than if you simply create that space to be yourself for them. So wherever you're at, if you are contemplating leaving a relationship, if you are trying to figure out how to heal from something, if you're trying to get out of depression or anxiety or you don't know what step to make next in your career, whatever it is that you just feel unsatisfied by, um, I really think the key is creating space here and now, creating space to find what moves you, to 
enjoy what is around you and to grow into who you actually are. If you can give yourself that, and I would, I, if you can, I know it's not possible for everyone, but if you can actually create a physical space that is all your own, no one else's, where you can create, where you can um, do whatever it is that makes you come alive. If you it's simply a place to escape to, create that space. And I promise you, the figurative space is going to grow as well. And you're going to start to become more of who you are. And you're going to start to deserve what you, sorry, you're going to start to know what you deserve. I got to the point after months of therapy and creating this space for myself and looking objectively at what was going on in my marriage, I realized that it wasn't okay. I made lots of steps and attempts to try to fix it, to try to ask the other person to help me, to help themselves. And um, without giving too many details, it didn't happen. And I knew at that point that I needed to get out and that it wasn't right anymore. And just simply creating those spaces for myself gave me the strength, the foundation to start to build a life that I did deserve. Um, and here I am. And you know what? It's still hard. I'm not going to say I, I got over to the other side of the rainbow and there's a pot of gold. There's always struggle. There will always be struggle. But when you can learn how to live well and how to enjoy the beauty in front of you and enjoy the person that you are and dive into that creativity and into that person that maybe other people don't appreciate the way they they should. When you can learn how to hold yourself, I really think that's the key to understanding how to move forward. So um, if you have any questions, if you are seeking support and you really want to move forward yourself, reach out to me. Um, I'm considering opening coaching back up again, um, but I'm willing to just answer questions here and there too and to guide you in the right direction. If you are, I have to call this out, if you are in a place of hopelessness, of you're not really sure you want to live and you've considered taking your own life, um, you're not alone. I definitely had those moments. And um, it's, it's, I first of all want to say there's nothing wrong with you for feeling that way. It's a normal feeling. Um, it's just not a good, it's not a good feeling. And, and I don't, if you are there, please call or text this number. 1-800-273-8255. Um, also if you just Google suicide hotline there, it'll come up and there's a little button that you can click to chat and there's a website. Um, if you are in that level of crisis, please don't message me because I'm not prepared to help you through that the way that these, um, counselors are on the phone. So please just reach out to them immediately if you're feeling that way. Um, Also understand that sometimes you can feel like you don't want to live anymore, but it's not that you actually want to die. It's just that you are at a point of hopelessness, but you don't know how to move forward. And there's no, you just want out of it. You just want it to be better. And I, that's exactly where I was um, when I was sick. 
um, when I was going through my divorce. And there have been times since then. Um, but I've just reminded myself, I don't actually want to die. I just feel hopeless. And at those times, that's when you need to reach out and get some some counseling and some support. But you're not alone. Create some space for yourself. I'm so excited to see where you move forward, what those spaces, what those foundational spaces create for you. Okay, friend, thank you so much for listening. Um, please be sure that you are following on my uh, email list. I will link the link in the show notes to join that. Um, on that list, you'll be notified of new episodes, of new things happening over at River and Quill and the Chronically Well podcast. So um, be sure you're on that. All right. I love you all, and I hope you continue to live your life chronically 